Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How to fix Northern Ireland. That's the title of Malachi O'Doherty's latest book. You'd have to agree, it's an ambitious title. So what's Northern Ireland's big problem that needs to be fixed? Problem is ethnicity, or sectarianism, if you want to be really blunt about it. What are the specific issues that need to be addressed? We have an incredible uh, division within society, which I think is comparable to the division between black and white in the southern states of America. And what's Maliki's proposed solution? People will say, you haven't actually given us the, the clear formula. I think I have. Uh, the, the starting point, at least, is define the problem, diagnose the problem. The best man to answer those questions is the man himself, and he's sitting in front of me in the studio. Maliki, once again, you're very welcome to the Belltale. I'm struck by the number of books you write. You seem to write about a book a year. That's how it's been for the past few years, um, certainly since 2017, about a book a year. So that's that's six books. Well, six books in about seven years. But it does occur to me that you have a particular style. I mean, if I understand the word polemic, mm. uh, they, they seem very personal. Yeah. Uh, your personal impressions of things, which I suppose is a very honest way of writing, uh, yeah. personal exercise, and, and almost a manifesto. No, no, you're right. I mean, you've spotted what has been a difficulty for me or has been the challenge in my writing. Uh, when we go back to the first book, which was called The Trouble With Guns, um, there was a very strong sense that there had to be a memoir component to it to explain who I was, where I was coming from, uh, to allow the reader to basically make some assessment of what my innate prejudices might be from my cultural background, and then on the basis of that to take the arguments that followed. So the over the years, through successive books, the challenge was to learn to integrate personal perspective uh, with analytical writing. So to draw on experience and at the same time from experience extrapolate and, and make conclusions about culture, about society, about politics. You've mentioned that personal angle, uh, that personal experience angle, that person, you know, where you, who you are and where you come from. Now, um, I know who you are. Mm. Um, you're a columnist with the Belfast Telegraph and you're a writer. Mm. And uh, and you also, I mean, you write opinion pieces also. Yeah. Um, and extraordinarily, I mean, I have basically done more opinion than anything. I've made my living mostly from airing opinion. This is a piece of journalism and mm. you're a primarily an opinion journalist. But even then, I'm looking down at this book, How to Fix Northern Ireland. It's a hell of a title. Yeah, it's a very cheeky title, and 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 I suppose and people will say you haven't actually given us the the clear formula. I think I have. 
uh, the, the starting point, at least, is define the problem, diagnose the problem. And, uh, you know, for instance, uh, uh, if you ask uh, a member of Sinn Féin to diagnose the problem, let's say the problem is partition and the solution is the unification of the island. If you ask a unionist what the problem is, they'll say, well, the problem is that we've got all these people who are who, who don't really want the union, but we want to persuade them that there is, and that's the solution is to is to settle down within the union. And I say this is, you know, this is not what the problem is. The problem is ethnicity or sectarianism, if you want to be really blunt about it. Tony Blair was asked by Eamon Malley at a, on a recent interview um, about the Good Friday Agreement. And and Blair said an extraordinary thing to my mind. He said, actually, it turned out to be fairly simple because you had one group of people who uh, have one idea of what the constitution of Northern Ireland should be. And you have another group of people who have a different idea. And all you really had to do was find the middle boy between these, a compromise. That's what the Good Friday Agreement was. And I thought, that is a fundamental misunderstanding. And if I if if you know I if I hadn't finished the book before hearing that interview, that would have been the lead-in, if you like, for the book. That is a fundamental misunderstanding that this is simply an agreement disagreement about uh, about the constitution. It's a social, cultural, political rift uh, between two ethnic communities which are at odds with each other and cannot agree on very many, many things. That's not to say that you or I are a bigot or sectarian, but we are part of larger communities, ethnic communities, sectarian communities, factional communities, which have traditions which are very, very deep and which have allegiances to sporting teams, to traditional culture and language, uh, that read different newspapers in the morning, that go to different churches, that vote for different political parties. The, the rift within Northern Ireland, the go to sending our children to separate schools, the rift in Northern Ireland is a problem, and it's a very, very deep rift. We have Catholic housing estates and Protestant housing estates. We have an incredible... Uh, division within society, which I think is comparable to the division between black and white in the southern states of America, you know, and we are not going to resolve that rift by coming to uh, a political resolution, whether that be a united Ireland, settlement within the union, prolonged compromise within Northern Ireland. Uh, We are only going to deal with that rift if we diagnose it initially as the fundamental problem, uh, have leadership within society which says this is reprehensible, this is disgraceful, this is not the way a civilised society uh, organises its politics. A civilised society organises its politics, as Blair imagines, around ideas, not around tradition, not around culture, not around identity, not around ethnicity. So that is, we need leadership that says that and, and, and moves forward to, to removing that division. No European state is based on ideas, Maliki. They're all based on nationality, originally, anyway. I just wonder that because, I mean, I think fundamentally what you're saying in the book, and correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. is, is I mean, because what you said there was axiomatic that all of these things are dividing. Um, but but then you, you, the book seems to be that the problem is sectarian division. Mm. And I just wonder, I mean, are you sectarian? Am I sectarian? Are we all sectarian? No, I don't think that, I don't think, I have no reason to suppose that you're a sectarian. I don't think I've given you any reason to suppose that I am sectarian. Most of the people that you meet in day-to-day life are not sectarian. But the social structures are sectarian. Take an example of what happened when people who really were sectarian, uh, the, the men in the Orange Hall uh, in Dundonald who, who sang the song of derision 
uh, towards uh, Michaela Macarivi. There was a small group of people who absolutely, brutally, indisputably uh, were, are sectarian bigots who were, were scoffing at a, at a woman who had been murdered simply because she was a Catholic and part of the Gaelic tradition, right? The debate that followed immediately around that was many, many people in the Orange tradition saying, not me, I'm not part of this, I'm not like this, I, I don't approve of this at all, I, you know, don't, don't, don't associate me with this, I am, that, that's not what I am like. Why would anyone say, don't associate me with that? Why would anyone say that? They would say they don't associate with me because they perceive an imminent danger that they would be associated with it. Well, the and media that, is going to ask them straight yeah, away. I mean, yeah. we, we, in the media, we do go out there and demand that everybody condemn stuff. Yeah, because you're identifying people as members of a community. And you're, and, and, and me, Wallace Thompson, who's a very decent man, uh, an evangelical Christian uh, describes to me how he was walking down that day down the Newtonards Road as part of the centenary parade uh, for the, with the Orange Order and people on the, on the road started singing We Are the Billy Boys. And he immediately says, I was so embarrassed. I was so ashamed. You know, uh, you know this is not who I want to be. But why, why be embarrassed when it's not him that's singing it? Why have to step forward? Why feel you have to step forward and say, I am not the one who was singing that song and that song. It's nothing to do with me. But And the reason that you have to dissociate yourself from it is because Northern Ireland is perceived as monolithic, uh, separate communities uh, and, uh, you know, in which, for instance, the, the, uh, the, the bigot singing the song from the bigot singing the song to the most reasonable Ulster Unionist who might be an orange man, there's a continuum, there's a spectrum in which everybody is, is, is seen as, as connected and, and related. And, and that is exactly the attack that uh, nationalist uh, tweeters took. They responded by saying, there you are, that proves it, they're all the same. That's what the orange order is really like. And that was wrong of them to do that. That was them being sectarian. And but in the same way that uh, that they that the people like uh, Jimmy Bryson and Moore Holmes and Wallace Thompson and others were dissociating themselves from that, they were also under this enormous pressure from nationalism uh, to to be associated with to be uh, you know to. To, to dissociate themselves with it because they were assumed to be part of that spectrum. And within nationalism as well, you were getting this broad sweep of, uh, 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 of, of argument, of perception that, 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 that that's what the prods are like, essentially. So, so we, have got this, we have got this dynamic within society which connects everybody into the community, whether they are bigot or not. And the main drivers of that are that we live apart, certainly at working class, level and separate housing estates, that we represent, we are represented by separate political parties. Sinn Féin and the DUP are ethnic parties. They're not parties of ideas. They're ethnic parties. They represent ethnic cultures, sectarian cultures. Sinn Féin isn't going, you know, right. Now, fair enough, the SDLP tried to go up the Shankle Road and canvass for votes and, and get chased. So I'm not saying that they are particularly determined that they should be ethnic and sectarian. They're faced with opposition when they go in because of the whole structures of the thing. But Sinn Féin and the SDLP take their vote from within a Catholic community 
among people, probably 95% of whom have been baptised Catholic and been educated in Catholic schools, and the DUP take their vote from Protestants who, uh, who went to state schools or Protestant schools and were baptised Protestant. And even within a secularising generation where we're moving away from uh, strong religious belief, the, the template of separation is maintained. Okay, but here we are in this office and people from very different backgrounds and people from different religious backgrounds, people from different traditional backgrounds, people from different cultures, they come together and every day they make the Belfast Telegraph. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and therefore it functions. And I just wonder, I just wonder then, perhaps it's not as broken as we think. And, I, and the reason why I make that point is because, you know, you, you've displayed all of these things as division. Yeah. But there's also diversity. Yeah, and, I, and and that is included in the book. We we know what the balance of the political parties is. We know about the growth of the Alliance Party, for instance, now to about 20%. So we know that we're in a process, perhaps, very likely a process of uh, of the breakdown of the sectarian division. At the same time, you're getting within the two main parties consolidation of the sectarian. Sinn Féin didn't uh, expand by by converting unionists to the idea of a united Ireland, it expanded by gobbling up the SDLP. The DUP didn't expand by converting uh, nationalists to the idea of the union. It did it by gobbling up uh, the Ulster Unionist Party. The Alliance Party comes up the middle and says, look, we are not sectarian. We are not part of this division. Uh, we we don't want to a Russia border poll or anything like that. But the Alliance Party is trapped within that model as well because the Alliance Party is reliant on second preference votes from from nationalists and from unionists. So the Alliance Party can be an, uh, a non-sectarian party, but feels, I think, to be an anti-sectarian party because it's got this problem that it needs, you know, if if they've got you, uh, not you, Kieran Dunbar, but 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 you, notional person uh, out in the street who, who votes for the SDLP, if they've got that person, uh, you know, persuaded to give a second preference vote to the Alliance Party, they're not going to call him a bigot. They're not going to say you know you are a you 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 SDLP person or 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 an ethnicist that you're a factionalist you know you're perpetuating the problem. But perhaps I mean I think I think then we, we have to define anti-sectarianism because perhaps that SDLP voter perhaps as an individual that SDLP person is highly unlikely to be sectarian. As an individual person, that DUP voter, that Sinn Féin voter, is highly unlikely to be sectarian in the sense of being someone who despises the other side. That is a very rare condition within Northern Ireland. I'm conceding that immediately. What we're talking about is is blocks, factions. They might be a part of what you've described as an ethnicity. Other yeah. people might call it a community. Other people might call yeah. it a culture. Or a faction. Or, uh, or, or a faction or whatever. And they might see fit to defend that culture uh, in, in all cases. And yeah. I mean, I just wonder, because I've had people when we've talked about anti-sectarianism, is what, at what stage does this positive force of anti-sectarianism become a version of colonialism? What, at what stage do you engage in the culture <laughs> war yourself? We're moving towards a border pole at some stage, maybe 10 or 15 years away. Who knows, maybe sooner. But, but I, w- I would guess somewhere between 10 or 15 years away, we're moving towards border pole. If we define the new Ireland according to an ethnic majority, right, 
then we have failed to deal with the division and we end up with a divided New Ireland. We end up taking the sectarian division of Northern Ireland, which is now the, the prime responsibility of London, and hand that responsibility to Dublin, and you end up still with division and perhaps greater division. So the sensible way, if you can conceive of such a possibility, and perhaps it is out of our reach that we could do this, but the sensible thing would be that come the day when people would decide on a border poll whether to unite Ireland or not, they would do so on practical grounds not on identity grounds. They would say, you know, as as I will, you know, I'll say, well, where's my pension? Who's paying my pension? Uh, you know, uh, uh, what's, what's the health service going to be like? You know, uh, what about my nephews and nieces at school? Are they going to be okay? Th- these are the considerations that a sensible, practical, civil, democratic, liberal person, uh, you know, brings to mind when, when making big political decisions. Somebody going into the poll to vote for United Ireland to complete the project of Padraig Pierce is an idiot, right? Because they're going to condemn the country to the to a continuing future of, of sectarian division. Someone who goes in and says, we resent the whole idea of a United Ireland because we are part of a British imperial tradition that I am proud of. I mean, OK, you're talking about the pension, education, health service. I've heard that story again and again and again and again. That's, that's true. There's a, there is a, a vast constituency out there. But, I mean, a unionist is going to say... Uh, you, you've described it as an imperialist tradition. Uh, for some people, that's axiomatic, as I say. I think yeah. that's the second time I've used the word axiomatic. I should <laughs> banish that word. Um, it's a good word. But it's people, good. Ha, you know, people would say, well, the union is a modern, medium-sized, well, they would say it's a large economy. Let's face it, it's a medium-sized economy, yeah. uh, etc. And other people are going to say, well, I believe in Irish self-determination. I think that Ireland should be ruled from Ireland. So I don't know if we can... We can condemn either as simply ethnic wishes. They could. It's I mean, again, could, look, the Kieran, the mistake you're making is you're ta- bringing me back to the individual and saying it's a, you know that I'm blaming the individual. If you've got an argument for the union based on 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 on, on sensible grounds and pract- pragmatic grounds, then make the argument for the union, and I will listen to it, and I may indeed uh, be won over by it. If you have an argument for a united Ireland, which is better than just saying. Oh, an island should have its one government or, or you know, we have a, a history of colonisation to, to shake off, you know, then I will listen to that argument. But the point is that we have voting blocks, what, you, what in some countries they call vote banks for identity groups, right? And those vote banks, that's a very bad way to run your politics. It's not, you know, it doesn't lend itself towards the intelligent exchange of ideas for the betterment of society. It just consolidates identitarian blocks. There are, I think there are 15 chapters in the book. No, the, yes, there are 15 chapters in the book. Uh, there's one on integrated education, yeah. languages. Uh, there's, I mean, we could we could talk about all of them, but we, could, we don't have time to talk about all of them. I, I, I particularly liked, I'm not here to criticise our rivals in, 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 the, in the media, but you, I mean, I did, I did, I did really engage with that one on the media. Yeah. Um, I suppose if I can... We all know the Irish news and the newsletter yeah. and the Belfast Telegraph cater to slightly different audiences. Slightly? Slightly. slightly. Okay, okay, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> Completely different audiences. Um, but I mean, is that not just market economics? Are you not just going but, to your... But the market is the identity groups. That's the problem. I'm not saying that the Irish news is wrong to be catering for the Catholic nationalist community. 
I'm just saying, I'm saying it is evidence that such a community exists as a coherent, distinct community from a Protestant unionist community, which the newsletter is evidence of. That's what I'm saying. I'm not, I, I wouldn't go into the Irish news and, and say you guys need to wise up and, and, and stop catering uh, for the community that you cater for, you know. I, 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 I took some umbrage at a columnist calling me a tig, you know. Uh, but but that's you know that was twenty years ago, <laughs> and so 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 forgotten. And similarly with the newsletter, you know the newsletter is serving the market that is there for it. At the same time, that market might be shrinking, as you know, and it might be that the that the way to uh, uh, to move is to expand beyond your identity group. It may be that there's a dynamic in society, uh, you know, clearer following the last census, which shows you know that if you really want to expand Sinn Féin beyond uh, uh, into kind of numbers that might be able to swing a border poll, you really do have to go out there and convert Protestants and convert Unionists. And if you want to say you want to expand the market for uh, for the, the newsletter or the Irish News, then you you may you may pretty much have peaked at, at what's available to you, and you may have to start converting other people to it. That's a good thing. That's a possible dynamic, you know, that 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 will carry things in some kind of natural way in the direction that I want them to go. But I think it's a slow dynamic. So what's the fix then? What is your solution? The solution is diagnose the problem as sectarianism and start dealing with the manifestations of sectarianism. Paint over the bloody murals, take down the flags, where there's intimidation of minorities in, in, in unhousing areas. Protect them, you know. Integrated education, you know. The Catholic Church operates the largest education system in Northern Ireland on the assumption that the majority of people, that the that people within the Catholic community are believing Catholics. Well, where are they on a Sunday morning or a Saturday night when the churches are open? Because there's a lot fewer of them there than going to the schools. So fund Catholic education proportionate to the numbers of people who want to be practicing Catholics. There was a very interesting thing when the Queen went to Dublin. The Queen went to Dublin and bowed the head before the memorial to Patrick Pierce and the dead of 1916, which was an astonishing thing for her to do. And in many ways that was seen as respect for the nationalist tradition, but it was also a message to unionists and Protestants in the North because what it was saying was you, when you insult this tradition of republicanism, the Gaelic tradition, you don't do it in my name. That's what the Queen was effectively saying. You don't do it in my name. You can't rope me into that. What about a similar kind of gesture from the papacy or from the Catholic Church, which says Catholic education is not about Gaelic culture. Catholic education is not about consolidating a community. Catholic education is not uh, about directing people uh, towards a united Ireland. The papacy has no interest at all in whether there's a united Ireland or not. A statement like that, you know, uh, would, would be a very interesting one to hear. But essentially... But I mean, what difference would that make? I mean, on the ground, I mean, and, and again, I have to point out, I mean, you could defund Catholic education and, and, and bring those down. I mean, you know you're going to have huge civil rights style oh, marches yeah, on yeah, the streets. Course, There's I, no yeah. doubt about that. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. and and how do you, I mean, you could convince, if you could convince the Catholic Church to de their own education system, you could do that. But then you don't get, you can't have the both. You can't turn around and say, well, we're culturally plural if, if one culture is practically banned. It's not about banning a culture. It's about recognising the dynamics in society that feed into the consolidation of these communities and, and eroding those, those influences, you know. And, and, and I mean, and the biggest one is political party organisation, you know. 
The biggest one is political party organisation. So that means, you know, uh, and, and, and parties having to identify as nationalist or unionist uh, within the, the Good Friday Agreement, but particularly the damage done to the Good Friday Agreement at St Andrews, when it, which favoured the largest party rather than the largest community. Uh, you know, so so we we need to go into strong negotiations about how you reorganise the political system here. I get the impression you're talking essentially in terms of a of an intellectual discourse and the influence in life of that discourse, rather than somehow using the power of the state to 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 yeah, enforce yeah, your rights. Yeah, I'm not going to go out into the streets, and I'm not going to you know, but and I don't know who will lead this kind of thinking, because I think the political parties are structured in such a way that they benefit, they thrive on the sectarian division. But maybe in time, there is a way in which the the, the, the secularization of society and the need for parties to expand beyond their base to get some more support will, will lead to the, the, the blending of ideas. Do you know, I actually think majority rule would work better now than, than power sharing. Because what you would end up with would be voluntary coalition and Sinn Féin having to make a deal with the Alliance Party or the DUP having to make a deal with the Alliance Party. And that would be a moderating dynamic rather than a consolidating dynamic. A whole range of problems also. I mean, we could, we could, we could, of course we, would, yeah. you know, we, we, you're we, an awful we, pessimist, Kieran. Well, we would have, we would have, we, we could end up with a, a range of, of, and then it would bounce back. And, I know, would, and it's about how you get to a stage where these things would work. But there are small steps that are being taken already, like like Kelly Armstrong's uh, act uh, to, to favour integrated education. But we need to see the outworking of that. But that's a very slow one. You must be disappointed having written a book uh, entitled How to Fix Northern Ireland when you see uh, Loch Ness, described by environmentalists and scientists as dying, uh, the health service, and, and, you know, a lot of people say this, this place is going down. The, the- but that might be, the, that might be the, the stimulus to a rethink. I, I do think Loch Ness has become a kind of a symbol of, of, the, of the, the dereliction of, uh, of this place and the, de- and, and the inadequacy of our political system. So, here we are. It, sectarianism is the problem. Yeah. The solution is to get rid of them. Is to get rid of sectarianism. The solu- to, to dilute it, moderate it slowly, maybe not as radically sometimes as, as actually. You clearly have influenced me. I said, when, when, when we just get, when I describe sectarianism as them, I, yeah. I, I'm clearly, I've clearly been influenced then. The book, How to Fix Northern Ireland, is in the bookshops. And of course, you can read Maliki's take on the world every Tuesday in the Belfast Telegraph. Maliki Doherty, thank you very much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.